Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Today we have a very special guest, especially in these times where these things must be considered, where they must be addressed. Ted Griffith is a 40-year communications and public affairs professional who has helped senior executives in business, government, politics, media, and nonprofits to deliver persuasive messages. As president of the Fixers Group, his team has managed issues in, sec in such sectors as energy, water, and wastewater, healthcare, municipal and provincial governments, agriculture, finance, mining, and retail. There's not a place he hasn't touched. The firm is committed to bringing the art and science of persuasion to the clients in communication. Welcome to Politics on Right, uh, Ted. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Alberto. Thank you for having me. This is well, a great opportunity. Actually, look, I, I, I really, I must confess that I didn't get through the entire of your book, but I went through uh, some of the synopsis, and yeah. it is a topic that we cover here at Politics Done Right, day in and day out. And having uh, a, a a book of this nature that itemizes as it does, I think it is a it is an excellent thing. So let's go ahead and start with your entry. Why did you write the book? Well, I'd the say title. I was. I'd say it was Be pulling beforehand. Beforehand, yeah. I, I want to let folks know, and I'm sorry about this. Mm -hmm. The title of the book that uh, that Ted wrote is "Arc of Theater of Lies." Correct. The, the, the arc. We, 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 the, no theater of lies. Theater of lies. The, we live in a theater of lies, and uh, yeah. isn't that true? You know, as I was doing the research on this book, because I was as a communicator, I was over the years just frustrated about how people were making decisions based on lies and information and for, you know, letting their opinions be based on lies and information. And, you know, uh, I've always, this is the book I've always wanted to write. I've written a lot over, uh, over many, many years, but I just wanted to spend some time and go, you know, and, and certainly, you know, the, the, uh, the COVID pandemic uh, informed part of this is that, you know, people were uh, deciding not to get vaccinated and um, uh, you know, and, and saying there's, you know, too much uh, personal uh, input in their lives. And but this was causing people to die. And so people were making decisions based on lies and misinformation that are actually affecting their health. And I found lots more evidence of that in the process of writing the book. And so I gave it the title Theater of Lies, because what I found is that the producers of lies and misinformation use the same tools that producers in Hollywood, television, and, and theater use. There's a villain. There's a problem that has to be solved. There's barriers to overcome. And the stakes keep rising and rising and rising until nobody else but me or others can can fix it. Um, and those are the, the things that, that get into our uh, – we're used to those stories and, and believing them. We go into a theater. We suspend disbelief. We enjoy the show. But it's being all around us now in how people are communicating with us, and they're using those tools to – Manipulate us. Now, let, let me first, uh, let's go ahead. You're in Toronto, Canada right now. Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, I, w living here in the United States, I, I know we, we are pretty close to each other and we we get cross national news, etc. I watch a Canadian broadcasting every so often, etc. But there is a certain cancer that has evolved here in the United States. I don't think you guys have ever seen it in Canada. Uh, enlighten me if I'm if I'm wrong. I don't think we've seen it in most countries in the Western world. Well, 
I would disagree with you there. I think Thank you. I think that America is certainly can be seen as the crucible of it right now and maybe mm -hmm. most at stake. I mean, going into the 2024 election, democracy's at stake. I mean, as a as a Canadian uh, growing up and I was, was around American influences all my life, my father worked for an American corporation, you know, American news uh, coming across from Buffalo all the time. The thought that democracy is on the ballot in America in 2024 is is astounding. But it's, it has come into Canada. Um, the. Uh, it has come into to the UK. Look what happened in Brexit. Right. Um, you know where you know it was. Uh, you know the the yes side and the no side. There were were passing lines back and forth to, to manipulate people. Um, so no, it's not. Um, I mean. So in other words, you're telling me it's much more. Uh, it's much more prevalent than I would see it. Living in this morass here in the United States, it just seems like it's all-encompassing. From your research, I think you're telling me that, no, you're seeing this or you've seen this all over. It's all over the world. Absolutely all over the world. I mean, and the prop, one of the problems is you get from the theater of lies to the rule of lies. Mm -hmm. And that's what you've got in China and you've got in, in Russia and, and other areas where- Explain you know, the difference. I think that is a yeah. very good concept that you just gave there. The differences that you just pointed, the theater of law to rule of lies. Well- we we live in a theater of lies today, and that is that so much of what we see is is a lie or misinformation, and is produced to manipulate us. But when you get into the rule of lies, that means you if you challenge the lies, you go to jail, and that's what happens in China. That's what happens in Russia. In, in Russia, for example, with the Ukraine invasion, the war in Ukraine, um, you know, Putin passed a law that said you couldn't use the term war. Yes, I remember okay. that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, in, in, in China, um, the first doctor that found COVID-19 was put in jail because mm -hmm. he, he talked about it. That's what I call the rule of lies. Okay. So when literally you go from, okay, we're being influenced by lies, which is where we are now, to mm -hmm. saying, no, no, this is the truth. This is what you, what you say. And if you don't say that, you go to jail. That's the rule of lies. Now, interestingly, uh, like like you said, you're you're looking in from Canada to the United States, and and I think you just said, and I'm going to go back to the tenet of your book in a second, mm -hmm. but I I want to get this straight. You've seen this migration of this excessive amount of lies and misinformation starting to migrate across the the border as well. Absolutely, absolutely. The uh, um, and it's on both sides of, you know, using an American term, both sides of the aisle, liberals, conservatives, Republicans, Democrats, um, you know, there's either complete baffle gab. I mean, and George Orwell talked about this, you know, mm -hmm. 60 years ago with politics in the English language, how, you know, political language is designed to manipulate because it says things that don't mean anything. You know, I can say I'm fighting for democracy. Well, what does that mean? Because democracy means different things to different people. Mm -hmm. um, that's part of the problem with, with misinformation and lies. That sometimes it's just not a lie, but it's using words that mean one thing to me, mean another thing to you. Um, but you think I mean what you what you want me to believe. Um, that's that's part of the problem that we're dealing with. Is that uh, here we've got a. a uh, sort of our, our opposition or prime minister in, in waiting, he may, may feel he is, you know, calls Canada broken. Mm -hmm. Yet 
every poll, every every survey, every study shows Canada among the one, two, three, or fourth uh, best country in the world. Right. Well, if we're broken, we're doing pretty well. Are there things wrong that needs to be fixed? Of course. But that's what lies and misinformation do. They take something and they, I call it, you know, it's it's like, this is this is how hyperbole works, right? I say something's broken. I say three things, and if they're broken, they're either broken or fixed. That's binary thinking. And that's what we get a lot of now, a lot more of. And we saw it in COVID-19. We had our own uh, trucker convoy go across the country and and surround the uh, our Parliament Hill for three weeks. I remember and that, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was worldwide news. Um you know, based on misinformation of COVID, um, you know, based on misinformation of even how our political system works. They wanted our governor general to throw the prime minister out, um, which um, she actually has no power to do. <laughs> to do. Um, no, there's no legislative power in the world like that. So for, for, for in, in Canada. Um, so lots of lies and misinformation. And a lot of it comes down to, again, it's a signal that you're being lied to or at very least manipulated when somebody presents you with binary options. This is right. This is wrong. This is left. This is right. This is um, vaccines are bad. Vaccines are good. Like the, mm-hmm. that it, we need to get into more of understanding and debate and be able to debate on nuances on, on, in the gray area. And now with, even with I'll say it's, it's on both sides of, of a call this left, right thinking binary is on the left, if you bring something up, you get into cancel culture. Oh, you can't talk about that. So they, you know, you get you get canceled. On the right, you get uh, ostracized and and beat up and doxxed, and all sorts of terrible things can happen if you dare to to to, to ask the question. To ask the question, it's like I kind of feel like we live in a world where there's a a matriarch or a patriarch sitting at the head of our our family dinner table. I- Actually, I think there is. Actually, I think there is. But before I get into that, because I want to explore these things with you. Um, But before we get into that, I I want to get some of the context of your writing. Yes. Um, Because a lot of how you're the the things that you're talking about, it sounds very American. And uh, in following both Canadian and American news, I wonder about the um, let's say the symmetry. In other words, it is it is really really bad here the cancel culture the ostracization the doxing i mean it's very very bad here i haven't seen that at least reported in canada so i'm i guess i'm asking if is your book let's say mostly uh for this major audience here in america which i think suffers at this point in our history uh most of that problem well, I go back to the fact that America doesn't suffer most of this problem. It is okay. everywhere. Uh, I, I cite Canadian examples in the book. I cite American examples, British, Australian, Chinese, Russian, um, Japanese. Um, there, there are this, this issue is around the world. Um, you know, let, let's not forget that in, you know, 1944, Japanese people died yeah. for their emperor. Right. Because right. they believed he was a god. Right. Correct. Right. Yes. So that that's how we got kamikazes and everything that, else. Right. Okay. That's a belief in a lie. Very true. The, right. Absolute. Where they cost millions of lives. Right. So it's not an American problem. I think Americans have gotten better at it. 
Mm -hmm. like there's a, a, you know, a line repeated in the book that simply says lies work. And when people think there's a conspiracy theory of people getting together and doing plans, they go, no, they just know that lies work. And in, in the business world in marketing and communications, if something works, you repeat it. Why invent, why invent something new? Why, if, if, if lies are more effective than truth, to get people to persuade to do what you want them to do. Why is that? Well, the, the, the key that I found is that I put lies and facts in the same bucket. I call them proof points, okay? Because they play on our biases. They play on what I call emotional resonance. So if the speaker, whether it's me or a, or a presidential candidate or a business person is talking, and that what they're talking about resonate with, res, resonates with you emotionally. The, the proof point you use, whether it's lies or misinformation or facts, that it simply confirms the decision you've already made. That's there you go. Key is that we don't use facts to inform us. We use facts and facts and lies to confirm what we already believe. Now, I, I, I want to postulate something. Have you ever heard of the Powell memo? Yes. Is that the um, it, it, it's well, a, it's a you, memorandum written in, in the in the 1960s by American justice, uh, American. I think he was uh, the lawyer for the Chamber of Commerce mm -hmm. here in America, and he eventually was as, uh, ascended to the Supreme Court as a Supreme Court justice. But mm -hmm. the idea behind this memo was that progressives were taken uh, taken hold in America. You know, people were getting smarter, mm -hmm. uh, wondering uh, why why the business world could have so much power based on what you know the average american citizen does and the idea was that the, the schools the, the, the schools the institutions had to be infiltrated to make sure that we didn't turn against business in effect so it, it was a it, it's a it was a pretty long letter that pretty much got implemented in the United States, the formation of the Heritage Foundation, the Cato Institute, and a lot of these other think tanks that give plausibility to what I think you would justifiably call lies. And 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 I guess what I'm saying, it seemed to have come from a, you asked why the lies, or I asked why the lies, it seemed to have always come from the corporate perspective. In other words, to use our intrinsic vulnerabilities and otherwise, to make their points, your your thoughts on that? Well, it's it's true. I mean, in the business world, we simply call it market research. <laughs> the, you know, what, what what are the points that are going to engage people? And my, my most simple example is if I am selling home alarm systems, mm -hmm. I think I'm going to talk a lot about rising crime rates. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you nailed That's, it. You nailed okay. it. Yeah. So and uh, and the rising in your neighborhood, you know, so if if I'm living in Toronto and I'm trying to sell them in Toronto, I'm going to talk about Toronto statistics going up and uh, or things that look like Toronto that maybe maybe aren't true. And so it's it's a long established pattern. There's no question. And I do say because it works and in a it's not so bad if somebody is selling home security systems. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a bad thing to have a home security system. And if I right. get a little manipulated by thinking crime rates it's are okay. rising, it's 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 not the it's not a crime. Okay, 
But if I'm choosing my government, Mm -hmm. you know, if I'm saying that, you know, I'm not a racist Mm -hmm. when in fact I do and say and have racist thoughts all the time, Mm -hmm. because if, if I'm, you know, I mean, it was only in 1965 that Canada lost its last segregated school. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, we had segregated lunch counters in Halifax, you know, which was the center of the black population. Right. In, I know. In yeah. Canada. The migration. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's so, you know, as I say, we're, we don't, we don't hold up our, our hands so well. Our, our fight today in, in Canada is, is the truth of indigenous residential schools and the damage that they've done. The people that have the children that died in them and how many died and what's true and what's not true. And look, li- they're literally, you know, papers written on all sides of, of this argument. So we were still there, okay, based on the fact that race, which is also a lie, okay, it's a, it's a, it's a human construct yes, that we, yes, we've created, yeah. okay, yeah. that says, and that goes back, right back to the 1452 with, a, right. with, with, a, with an author who talked about how, you know, Africans, Africans were, you know, were basically degenerates, Right and, and needed Christian help to save them, and uh, and so by and we we enslaved them by making sure they were low on the totem pole. They, they and they needed our help, so we were doing them benefit. Which you heard just last year from Ron DeSantis that the slaves yes. learned skills. Yes, five hundred years later, same message. It's okay. amazing. You know what? It is amazing. You you brought. I mean, I, I like the way you think. Because, you know, I have this term now called antiseptic slavery, my term, mm-hmm. antiseptic slavery, I like where, I said, where I said we're all that we're all slaves now where it used to look like me now it looks like all of us. We're all slaves to the corporate state, corporate, the, the corporations. And I give in, in, in a couple of my books, I give the examples why I use that term. Now, um, I think in you pointing out and tying DeSantis to a 500 year construct, mm-hmm. it's powerful. And I think it's essential that we see these similarities, how it has migrated up the the, the fault. And actually, a book like yours that distributes an an exact how lies happens, I think it is is what we need right now. So please. uh, Well, well, thank you for that, because the the, the book has, has three parts to it. And Mm -hmm. because it's called Theater of Lies, I called them acts, act Mm -hmm. one, act two, act three, like a three act play. And the first act was was actually what I started with, which was simply the question: Why do we why do we believe lies, mm-hmm. and why do we repeat them to others? Those two fundamentals. And I go back to you know the, the book starts with the first chapter is in the beginning there were lies, mm-hmm. and let's talk about you know Adam and Eve and the tree of knowledge. Don't eat from the fruit of the tree of knowledge, mm-hmm. and the serpent. You know, the devil saying, oh, you should have that apple, Eve. OK, if there was ever a clearer message that says, don't have knowledge, call something the tree of knowledge and say, don't eat from it. And then wow. if you do, you're cast out. Right. That was the first, you know, I would call it there's many, many lies mm-hmm. in the world beforehand, uh, but. That's the one that's written right in the Bible, sort of on page one after in the beginning. Then there is this. If you find knowledge. Right. If right. You are curious. Right. Remember, remember the other cliche that's out there, which is actually a Shakespearean term. Curiosity killed the cat. Yes. 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 All, all these messages from 
the Bible to Shakespeare to others, which says, don't ask questions. That's dangerous. Okay. And it's, it's the people in power or people trying to acquire power. Well, now I've gone past, don't even, not even just don't ask questions. If you ask questions, you're gone. You're out. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the, that's the fracture you're seeing in between the Republicans and the Democrats in general in the United States and the fracture you're seeing in the Republican Party between the MAGA uh, Republicans and the so-called traditional Republicans is how dare can you question these things? Um, but it's because, I mean, I even start with, with the fundamentals, which are some people call them benign lies, but I call them their, their, their teaching points. Mm-hmm. I just bring this up that we're all brought up with this fact that, you know, the sun rises in the morning and it sets at night. Okay. We see it every day. It's on our phones. It's on the web, the newscasts. Some, some comes up now, some comes down there. Yes. But that's not actually what happens. Right. It's a rotation uh, of the earth. Yeah. It, it, our position on the earth rotates away to, towards the sun and then away from it. Okay. Right. Now, I'm not saying that we need to stop saying sunrise and sunset, but it's a teachable moment right. to say what you are seeing may not be true. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. we get this all the time. Well, I saw it for myself. You know, I've been to Africa. I've seen, you know, the slums in Africa and they're, they're poor and they're starving and they're ignorant. And, you know, why would you want more of them here? I've seen it myself. Well, that's not necessarily true. Okay. Just because you've seen it doesn't make it true. Okay. So another thing that we do is we take a single point of data, even mm-hmm. something that I've seen or something that I've read, and we use what I call silly putty logic. Mm-hmm. We take that and we stretch it all the way across. Remember that silly putty toys? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we, we stretch it to fit a point. And, and part of that problem is, 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 is where our, our traditional media comes in. And that is because what traditional media does is they don't talk data. They talk news. And news is something that's, by definition, rare. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's – you know, dog bites man is not news. Man bites dog is news. Right. Okay? Now, just because a man bites a dog doesn't mean that all men bite dogs. Right. Right. And this is what happens in in the in the mainstream news. I, I saw it. You know, we saw it in the most pertinent time was when I was writing the book was during the when vaccines were coming out for covid. And if there was any adverse reaction to a covid vaccine, the news was right on it. Right. Okay. Now. And the people, oh, there's problems. Well, if you know which which I have worked in the, the healthcare industry and know the protocols, is that if you take a vaccine, any drug for that matter, and have some sort of reaction, that that is reported to, in your case, it would be the CDC and the um, and your health authorities here, it would be Health Canada, and it's investigated. Mm-hmm. And even if you, you know, if you had a vaccine and you slipped on a piece of ice and fell on the ground, that would still be reported as an incident based right. on the vaccine. And then there'd be a complete report that'd say, no, the vaccine didn't have anything to do with this. So, but that's a long involved discussion that doesn't mean black and white, somebody had a vaccine and had a, a bad reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, look what happened with, uh, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Right. I grew up in, in uh, say the Toronto area and cheering for the Buffalo Bills is in my DNA. Well, you remember last year when DeMar Hamlin in that football game in Cincinnati, he got hit. Okay? Right. And his heart his stopped. His heart stopped, yeah. Twice. Uh, eventually saved. Well, while he's on the field, you know, everybody's got their, their phone now. Okay. Everybody's got their computer and internet access mm-hmm. in their hand. 
already starting to tweet, oh, this is because he had a COVID vaccine. It was a myocardial infection in his heart that stopped it. We, and that was Mar- uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted that. And the next day mm-hmm. on Tucker Carlson's show, they had a doctor come on and talk all about this. Nothing to do with that. It was a what was discovered later because medical diagnosis takes mm-hmm. a little time, folks, that if you get hit, and it happens with soccer players and football players, if you get hit with it in the helmet or a soccer ball right here in the heart, it can disrupt your heart rhythms. To the point of causing it, just it's a it's a it's the it's the right force at the right time in the right place at the right and, beat, yeah, at the right right in between the beats. All this things right. can happen, mm-hmm. and so that's what actually happened. So, but meanwhile, ten million retweets of Marjorie Taylor Greene's "Got to investigate the vaccines." That's what's caused this death. This this unfilled right during the right during the instant happened. So, it's that you know that city silly putty logic. Um, uh, hold on on the third one, because I want to expand on what you just said, which is yep. such an important part when you brought the media in. I want to do a talk. I mentioned two incidences here in the United States, one uh, that that could have had implications, national implications on who win election, et cetera. The birther movement in America, it didn't matter where uh, it didn't matter where Obama was born, given that his American, his mother was an American. But the media ran away with the, sto- the, the Trump story on birther in as much as all they needed to say his mother was a natural born American. It doesn't matter where he was born. He would be a natural born American. That would have been the end of the case. Instead, mm-hmm. it moved on. The other thing is uh, when it comes to Canada and Medicare, uh, the, the state of Medicare in, in Canada, Canada has compared to the United States great healthcare. Compared to the United States, uh, their biggest issue has always been, oh well, in Canada you wait longer for a hip replacement. Turns out here in the United States, uh, we have private healthcare, but given that it's all privatized and you have to move things around, you still have to wait a hell of a long time for most Americans to see a specialist. No different than the the, the than let's say actually quite a bit worse because it costs you a lot more here in the United States. Just needed to do that interjection. Continue, please. Well, and it's it's uh, and, you know and, and Canada's taxes rates are higher. You know, oh, like, they're you know, comparable. But we're comparable. When you actually get down to how much money we end up in the end of the day, you, you have lower income tax rates in the United it, States. Some states have no income tax at all, et cetera. But guess what? They have higher sales taxes. Right. Um, and and you're, you're paying for it in other ways. And America has the, some of the highest costs of health care per capita in the yes. world. Yes. With the worst outcomes. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Uh, that, uh, you know, and is, can, is our, our health care system perfect. Again, nothing's perfect. And that's we go back to this binary thinking. It's right or it's wrong. It's broken or it's fixed. Um, no, the, the, the world moves forward in the gray. And how do we fix it? How do we make it better? And uh, that's what happens with lies and misinformation. Also, they close down thought. We won't go that way because that's bad. I, I, I hear it on listening on CNN and people talk about uh, Norway. And the 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 right wing commentators says, well, they're socialists. We don't want to learn anything from them. Happiest people in the world every Happiest, year. And great health care. I mean, yeah. I, I ha- yeah. there's an American that I interviewed who moved over there mm-hmm. and he moved over there. His son uh, went skiing and broke his neck. Oh. Was ta- it was uh, well, he's better. He's much yeah. improved. But it was because of the healthcare they had. He never had to worry about losing a job, never had to worry about going bankrupt. They took care of him. They took him to, I mean, we can do it. Uh, if we could get 
out of this theater of lies. Mm -hmm. If we can get out of the theater of lies, we would do well. Look, uh, it, <laughs> I, I, I just I remember when the, the Obamacare was coming in, I have to have to yeah. say this, and they were talking about it and having discussions. And I'm saying Americans are protesting against going bankrupt for health care. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's I'm amazing, going, isn't it? I, yes. I, um, and the fundamental thought that, well, in order you get health care paid for if you have a job. Right. It's crazy. Well, so that's linked to a job. Well, why? <laughs> why exactly. do I have to have a job to get health care? Um, listen, let me just say this. I mean, uh, it is great to have somebody from outside of the country uh, who's under these different programs be able to say this. But, you know, I've been having so much fun talking to you that we've actually let time go by. So here's what I'm going to ask you, Ted. First of all, I'm going to ask you to tell me whatever you want that I should have asked you that I didn't about your book, about anything so that we can close out. But more importantly, uh, tell me what you see as a solution to try to get around this theater of lies, if you will. Okay. Well, using the theater of lies metaphor, the lie producers are not going to stop. Mm -hmm. It works. Oh, it has worked for hundreds of years, and it's only getting more so. So the solution is to become a better audience, mm -hmm. okay, a more critical audience. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the fundamental way to take care of this is to pause, take a step back, and be curious, okay? Ask the question, why are they telling me this? What are their motivations? Okay, it's it's what I see in the United States that I wrote about in, in Newsweek about that, you know, there is a, a conservative movement in, in the in the states in the, in the United States and national conservatives or common good conservatives or Christian conservatives that are embracing Donald Trump's lies, not because they believe him, but because he will set the ground for them to have their conservative country. Or independent states, whatever it ends up ends up being, putting democracy back on the table. That people, we've you've, you've got to spend time to understand not just that people are lying to you, but understand the why of the lies because they're done with purpose. And once you get into the their, their motivations, you can sort of check that emotional resonance pack for just a bit. The um, what I ask people to do, I said it's very easy and yet very hard. Number one is park your biases, park your ideology. Just take them and just park them, put them to the side. Say, don't worry, they're safe. They're still there. They're not running away. You can have them back whenever you want. But just for a second, park them. Okay. Ask yourself the question, what if the other side is right? What do I have to know that maybe the other side of this argument has that I don't know? Okay. Put this, take that, park that for a second, take that pause and be curious because between your curiosity and your imagination and that kind of diligence, you become a better audience member. And then you have what I call the, 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 the third C. First of all, was you got to care that you're being lied to. Secondly, you got to be curious. And finally, you have to have the courage to stand up and say, I don't think it's that way because you're going to get hit hard back. But courage is important. So that, that's the, you know, in, in, a, in a couple sentences, what the book is about is to help people give you the tools, both as individuals, 
organizations, because like, there's companies and organizations that are, are spreading lies and misinformation, misinformation, they don't even know it because they believe the lies they're telling. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll go back, don't, I don't know how much time I got left, but the, uh, the chocolate industry, every chocolate bar you, you buy now at a mainstream chocolate says like cocoa for good or sustainable cocoa, you know, all th these programs. Well, guess what? The, the people who are growing the cocoa make $3 a day. Mm -hmm. They can't afford to buy rice from the, what they sell the cocoa for to feed their families. So, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, Nestle and Roundtree and Mars, it's not sustainable. Okay. That's not, you're, 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 you're fooling yourself or you're fooling them. Now they've got to think of fair trade cocoa, which is higher price, et cetera. We go, well, that's 1% of the market. But so it's, that's an area where I go, that's a problem. They need to tell people that our fair, our sustainable cocoa programs aren't working. We need you to help us consumer and let's work together to make sure the, the uh, folks in Guinea who are growing our, our, our cocoa can have a good life and, and, and educate their children. Anyway. The, the, the point of the matter is, is you've got to park your biases. Corporations have to look to themselves and say, what misinformation are we putting out there? Let's look at ourselves. And as a society, we have to raise a generation of curious children who are encouraged to have lifelong learning. So our school system is set up to create workers, not create thinkers. Okay. But here's the problem. I go back just to the people who say, well, no, we have to create these workers. When the child going into kindergarten today comes out of high school or, you know, a four-year college, none of us know what the labor environment's going to be and the workforce needs are going to be 13, 15, 16 years from now. None of us know. Let's just go back 16 years. The, right. the, the, between the internet and social media and, right. and digital media and, and computer technology, we weren't training our kids then to, to do that. You need to train thinkers are able to adapt to into these new environments so that's that's important we can't we if you're trying to raise workers you can't do it the way you're doing it got to raise thinkers and thinkers okay let's go back to that tree of knowledge right that's what the authority doesn't want exactly Donald Trump doesn't want right. people to think exactly. Okay? exactly and doesn't doesn't want to have Ron DeSantis no debates on critical race theory dumb title Dumb, 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 dumb title. Whoever came up with critical race theory, it was obviously an academic, and then other mm -hmm. people took it on and, and used it. Come up with a better name. You know, it's like when the the left took on the term woke. Mm -hmm. You know, good black term about being, you know, black slang about being a, a black children being, being aware that way around yeah. around police, right? Be aware that they're going to treat you differently. But you know, the left took it and made it their own, and then of course it was easy because since nobody knew what woke really means, we could stamp the meaning. Yeah, we could say we could stamp the meaning and say I'm anti woke. Mm -hmm. Now mm -hmm. it's woke anti woke, and nobody knows what any of it means. <laughs> okay, yeah. we get back into labels rather than reality. So that's what education could do, curiosity can do, um, and I think the last thing is that if if somebody ever gives you a term, a word that you don't understand that you have to look up. First of all, that's good. You're looking it up. You're curious. Yeah. Like somebody talked about illiberalism and, uh, you know, the term common sense conservatism. I have to look these things up because I, mm -hmm. I don't talk with my friends and my associates and my colleagues, like my that. clients, yeah. these terms. If I've got to go look it up, somebody's trying to get something by me. 
Okay. Sure. And the use of language is, is a very powerful tool to manipulate people. Well, that's my business. Though I believe I'm trying to persuade people for good mm-hmm. and they're for them to be independent thinkers, not ideological on either side. Ideal ideology is a killer of curiosity. And um, that's why I promote this message to all sides of the argument. Ted Griffith, author of Theater of Lies. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics and Right. Appreciate it. I look forward to hearing the broadcast. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.